What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Bleeding BNG podcast. Welcome back to another episode here with another recap. Now, I know I missed the San Francisco recap, but it wasn't too much to talk about with that episode. But, you know, it was the holiday um, season, and I was actually out in the Bay Area um, vacationing and things like that. So it kind of threw off our schedule a little bit, but we're back with another recap. Recapping Washington's devastating loss to the Cleveland Browns, 24-10. to All but ending their playoff hopes. Not all but ending. Ending their playoff hopes. The Washington Commanders at this point on January 2nd, 2023. So to give you a timestamp as I do for every episode. As I said, it's um, January 2nd, 2023. It's about Monday. I mean, it's Monday, excuse me. And it's about noon. Um, So the game started um, about 24 hours ago. And um, that game put me out my misery. Um, That game put me out my misery. Thank you for the Washington Commanders ruining ruining the start of my year. The outlook for 2023 isn't starting off too positive thanks to the Washington Commanders. But guess what? If you've been a Washington Commander fan for a long time like we have over here at Bleeding B&G, this is, this is, this is what's to be expected. This was three years ago to the day. Oh, excuse me, five years ago to the day. When Kirk, Kirk Cousins threw the pick to Dominique Rodgers-Cromarty, effectively ending our 2016 season. Like, this, this is this what we do. This is just what we do. So, as I mentioned, Washington lost to the Cleveland Browns, who had nothing to play for. The 6-9 at the time, Cleveland Browns. Washington loses 24-10. Eliminated from the playoff contention. Now let me tell you, let me tell you how my yes, how my how my how my day went yesterday. Um, you know, New Year's Eve is always rough for everybody, celebrating and things like that. So I was contemplating even if I was gonna go to the game. I was contemplating even if I was gonna go to the game and things like that. You know, we're season ticket holders over here, bleeding BNG, boots always on the ground to support this bum ass franchise. But I mean, hey, that's what we do. But I was contemplating even going to the game. My head was knocking and things like that. But then uh, I heard that nobody was coming to the stadium. I was like, all right, maybe the headache doesn't worry. I ain't got to worry about loud chairs. There's only gonna be like twenty five thousand people there. I was literally listening to the pregame show, I'm trying to make up my mind of do I did I want to go? Do I want to show up? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Like I know we're in the playoff hunt, but like my like 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 we all know how New Year's Eve can get. We all know how New Year's Eve can get. I'm gonna just leave it at that. But, I mean, I was really contemplating it. I mean, I didn't want to waste it because I didn't have time to sell the ticket. So, I ended up going to the game, you know. Um, And I lied to you not. My whole ride to the game, I just felt bad. I just felt bad. Because, like, like yesterday, when you woke up yesterday as a Washington Commander fan, your playoff destiny was in your hands. You had control of your playoff destinies. By the time you went to sleep, you were eliminated out of the playoffs. That's how the last 24 hours looked for you as a Washington Commander fan. Waking up with everything in your control. You feel so powerful. Then by the time you go to sleep, you're helpless with no chance of making the playoffs. That's what yesterday was as a Washington Commander fan. And to answer my question that I was asking myself about going to the game, hell no, I shouldn't have wasted my time for that. Like I said, the Washington Commanders have ruined The outlook to the start of my year. I hope my 2023 doesn't go like this. I really hope that my 2023 doesn't go like this thanks to the fucking Washington Commanders. But guess what? All my life has gone like this with this team. All my life has gone like this with this team. 
What happened to, to the year three jump? What happened to the, to the year three of the rebuilders when you take the leap? Well, guess what? We're still stuck at the seven wins that we've had every year since Ron Rivera's been here. We're still stuck at the seven wins that we're at every year that Ron Rivera's been here. And I guess what? I got, I, got, I got some news for you. We're going to be stuck at those seven wins at the end of the season because we are not beating Dallas. They have everything to play for. We couldn't beat the Cleveland Browns. We ain't have shit to fucking play for. Dallas can get the division crown last next week. Expect them to destroy us at the end of the season just like last year. Because the trends I'm seeing between this season and last season are eerily similar. They're scary similar if I say it. Scary similar. You start off ass. You start off ass. Then everybody always wants to get me to believe, oh, Ron Rivera, his team comes, his team gets it around, gets it, turns it around closer to the end of the season. Bullshit. Bullshit. Ron Rivera hasn't won a game in five calendar weeks. Bullshit. Ron Rivera lost his last four games to end last season. Ron Rivera's teams do better in the middle of the season. And I'm tired of hearing about how good the culture is. You know what your culture is? You start off shitty, you build it back up, and you don't have enough steam to, to finish out the season. That's your culture. That's what it's been back-to-back seasons. Please don't bring up 2020. When the world was a totally different place, let alone the NFL. Please do not bring up 2020. I know I said it, I was going to recap this game, but it ain't much to recap. 24 to 10, we got our asses humiliated by the Cleveland Browns that had nothing to play for. I don't even want to read off Carson. Carson Wentz threw three interceptions. Carson Wentz fucking sucks. Carson Wentz is garbage. Carson Wentz is garbage. Carson Wentz threw an interception on his second pass of the game. At that moment, I knew we weren't winning that game. And let me tell you why. Second play of the game, second pass of the game, gives Cleveland a short field. As he walks off, the crowd, the crowd erupts. I lie to you not. The, the, the stadium was empty as hell yesterday. This was one of the loudest cheers I've heard all season. High in a key. High in a key. High in a key. Oh, man, Carson puts his head down. Just jog, golly gee, and just jogs off the field. He's a fucking head case, bro. He's a fucking head case. And you cannot have that at the quarterback position in the NFL. At that moment, I knew we weren't winning that game. I almost got up and left. The fans are relentless with it. Deservingly slow. I am not, I am not bashing the fans by any means. You have every right to do what you knew, what you what you did yesterday. Now I didn't join the first chant. No, I did not join the first chant. Because I know what we're dealing with at the quarterback position. A fucking head case. Carson Wentz is a lost soul as a starting quarterback in the NFL. And prideful Ron Rivera and his little front office that he brought in with this coach-centric approach just had to prove themselves right. 
They just had to prove themselves right. They had to make good on that $28 million investment. Well, that $28 million investment is doing the same shit that he did for the Indianapolis Coast last year. Two games left. You in control of your own destiny getting the playoffs and you fucking fold. Three interceptions. Three interceptions. Talking about we're looking to give the offense a spark. A spark of what? A spark of what? He ain't spark shit, but FedEx Field on fire on his ass after every interception he threw. That's what the fuck he sparked. This is embarrassing. And it all lies at the feet of Ron Rivera. I'm tired of it. Paddleboat Ron. I told y'all that in the middle of the season. We done a little 4 3, 3 out of 4, what, what? 5 out of 6 game win streak? Tank, whatever we've seen for the last three years under the Ron Rivera helm. Newsflash, even Jim Zorn had an 8 win season. Even Jim Zorn had an 8 win season. You done tied your latch to bum-ass Scott Turner who doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Who doesn't know what the hell he's doing. I told y'all this before. Curtis Samuel's breakout season in Carolina happened after Scott Turner left. I told y'all this. I told y'all this. And I was an advocate for Scott before this season. But this season, he's completely lost me, bro. I'm a big believer in that game changed. When you go forward on fourth and one on your side of the field. Or excuse me, it was about at midfield. And you send slow-ass Jonathan, Jonathan Williams on a fucking pitch. Me and Jonathan Williams have the same 40 time, bro. But then you go back to last week and you try to quarterback sneak in the same scenario with five foot six inch Taylor Heineke. But this week you got big ass Carson Wentz back there, but you on a fucking pitch with Jonathan Williams. That's coaching malpractice. I know we didn't get a chance to record last week, but I mentioned it on my Twitter page. Last week, we had plays where we had Logan Thomas in the tight ends blocking Nick Bosa one-on-one. Coaching malpractice. Well, guess what? The same thing happened this week. Curtis Samuels trying to block fucking Miles Garrett. Fucking Miles Garrett who's built like Optimus Prime. You got Curtis Samuels trying to block him one-on-one. Fucking coaching malpractice. I've looked back at the replay. Brian Robinson is ready to come out on that fourth and one. And all we've done since he came back is held Brian Robinson as the savior of this season. Oh, he's a he's a he's a he's a hard nosed, tough hitting running back, and all those things are true. But guess what? The commanders they 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 were they were definitely gonna let you know about it. 
They were definitely going to let you know about it. Then guess what? Why doesn't he have the opportunity with your season on the line to get you a first down? I mentioned this to my group chat, you know, Tay and Todd, Rio, shout out to the guys. I mentioned this to them during the week. It was whenever Ron's first press conference was during this week when um, he didn't initially name um, the starter at the quarterback position. I said, yeah, he's doing that because he doesn't have he doesn't have the pulse of the team. You can go back and ask them. I said, we're definitely losing these next two games. He's doing this because he doesn't have the pulse of the team. Anybody with two eyes knew that Ron made his decision before the San Francisco game that he was going to go to Carson Wentz at any point. But for him to come back at that first initial press conference after the 49ers game and not name Carson Wentz the starter in that moment, ask the fellas. I told him, hey, something's not right. Something is fishy. Something is fishy. I said, he doesn't have, he doesn't have the approval of everybody in that building. He doesn't. Not at this moment. He's over there trying to do some convincing. I told him that. And I said, we're in a lose-lose. I said, we're in a lose-lose. I said, we're either going to lose these next two games because Ron's going to make his decision, go with his guy Carson, and the team is going to pack it in because the team does not play for Carson Wentz. The same thing that we saw towards the end of his tenure in Philadelphia. The same thing that we saw towards the end of his tenure with the Colts. I don't know what he be doing because he puts on a nice facade for the media and for the fans. But that boy is a locker room cancer. I don't know how, but he is. He turns locker rooms upside down. So I said that the team is either going to pack it in these last two games or we're going to lose these last two games sticking with Taylor and he, his play just simply wasn't getting it done. So no, I'm not delusional. I am not delusional. I am not saying that uh, Taylor Heineke was playing winning football by any means, but the team was playing for him. The team was definitely playing for him. I saw some guys give up yesterday. And you know, we love this guy over here. And I haven't really seen it talked about much. But you know, we got them good seats over there, Section 139, Row 10. You know, we got them good seats over at Bleeding B&G. My boy Alex was with me yesterday. You seen him on the group chat pause with the rambling about Rio Channel and things like that. Go ahead and ask my boy Alex. Terry McLaurin pulled himself out of that game yesterday. Terry McLaurin pulled himself out of that game yesterday. Vivid, visibly, visibly fed up. Snatching off his chin strap. Terry McLaurin pulled himself out of that game yesterday. And if you have a chance, go back and look. It was the play. It was the drive that went through his third pick, his third and final pick, and it was the play right before um, Carson hit Cam Sims. Notice Terry doesn't play another snap after that play. After the play he hit Cam Sims, Terry took himself out the play before. Terry McLaurin did not play another snap in that game. And trust me, I was invested. Terry McLaurin's on my fantasy team. Costed me a fantasy championship. Visibly upset. And we never see that with a guy like Terry, the ultimate professional. But guess what? I feel Terry. From him getting force fed with a guy like Taylor Heineke to fucking Carson Wentz acting like he doesn't even know that he's on his goddamn team. I can imagine how annoying that can be for a number one receiver. 
Just a couple weeks ago, Terry McLaurin was seventh in the NFL in receiving yards. He's just slowly and slowly and slowly getting kicked out of the top ten. Thank God he got his money. And thank God he finally got some Pro Bowl recognition. Because we are wasting this man's prime. Another season not making the playoffs with yet another year closer to Terry McLaurin getting to 30 years old. Our best offensive player. I know they don't act like he's our best offensive player because sometimes they act like he doesn't exist till the fucking third quarter. Which is another reason why Scott Turner has to go. But it just is the reality of the situation. The few good players that we do have, we're ruining their primes. We're wasting their primes. Antonio Gibson came into the league with a lot of promise. Big rushing games against Dallas his rookie year. Catching the ball out of the backfield. Now it looks like Antonio Gibson is going to be on the trade block in the offseason. Antonio Gibson doesn't even didn't even play yesterday. Antonio Gibson breaks down at the end of every season. Our offensive line is fucking ass. But guess what? I've been saying that all season. They got so content hyping up this guy John Mascow as this offensive line guru, like he's like he's Joe Bugle, which he isn't. Which he isn't. I told y'all I'm sick of y'all in the Washington commander community because y'all hype Charles Leno up like he's prime Trent Williams because he over there talking to y'all on Twitter and buddy is fucking ass. Charles Leno is ass. But we supposed to act blinded to the bullshit because his wife over there chopping it up with y'all on Twitter. I, I'm tired. I'm going to call a spade a spade. Charles Leno's the worst left tackle we've had here for more than a season since the 1990s. That's one thing this organization used to get right is left tackle play. Well, I'm sorry. The whole offensive line is some shit now. Trey Turner needs to retire. He can't fucking move. Andrew Norrell is soft as baby shit. He gets no fucking push in the run game. Sam Cosby is made of fucking gas. Glass, excuse me. Sam Cosby is made of fucking glass. Like... I don't even know where to begin. I don't. Because we do need a quarterback. But who the hell is protecting him on this offensive line? Chase Roulier made a glass. But this is what these are the results of the evaluation you made on this roster with your coach-centric approach, Ron Rivera. Paddle boat Ron and company. Paddle Boat Ron and Company. Carson Wentz. 
I told y'all in the offseason, go back and look at our Commander Carson uh, episode when he was traded. We told y'all what he was going to be. Dude is a fraud. Dude is a fraud. But this is the guy that you tie your latch to. That you hit your latch to. And then for you to go in the post-game presser. And then for you to not know that we could have potentially been eliminated yesterday. I don't care how good of a leader of men you are. That's not good leadership skills. You don't even know that we could be potentially eliminated from the playoffs yesterday. Which can in part affect your coaching decisions. And you just over there acting fucking clueless in the pros game presser. But we supposed to have faith in you. Let's go over to the defense because y'all ain't safe. Y'all had y'all worst performance since what? Week two? Week three? Can I ask you guys a question? Because I hate using the Lord's name in vain. But is Cam Curl Jesus Christ, bro? Is Cam Curl Jesus Christ, bro? Because he be saving Sundays for the Washington Commanders defense. Because it seems as if if he's not in, this whole fucking defense just falls apart. Is Cam Curl primary? Is Cam Curl the best safety we've had since Sean Taylor? Does Cam Curl deserve Hall of Fame consideration? Because that's what we act like. Because everything just falls apart when Cam Curl isn't in the game. A seventh-round draft pick, no matter how good Cam Curl is. He is not prime Troy Palomalu. Your roster should not be the in the in the your roster should not be in standing where in the case of Cam Curl going down, your whole fucking roster falls apart. You got five first round defensive linemen, bro. Four. But Cam Curl is the guy that it all falls apart on. Deron Payne's probably about to leave. You see what our defensive tackle depth looks like when John Allen goes down. Fucking holes open up like a stripper out on Sunset Boulevard. Like, I really don't get it. And the reason that I'm so upset is because I really don't have the answers. Your offensive line is horrible. Your quarterback position, non-existent. The most important position in all the sports. Kendall Fuller back to being Kendall Fuller. Getting babied by Amari Cooper. Can't make a little league form tackle. One-on-one tackle. Amari Cooper did not want to play football yesterday. Running the slowest routes of all time. But he's like, I mean, I guess if Kendall Fuller weak ass ain't going to put me down, I guess I'm going to score. He almost got ran down by David Mayo. That should show you how fast he was running. He couldn't get Kendall Fuller, though. Benjamin St. Juice made a fucking glass. Not just this season. Last season as well. I've seen enough. You can't hope, you can't bank on him being your true number one elite corner. Buddy has made a glass. You can't even bank on him being there to play. Bobby McCain, ass. 
Your linebackers, asses, guess what? Cole Holcomb not coming back. I'm letting you know that now. You got one NFL quality linebacker on the roster, Jamin Davis. And he reached NFL quality this season, making huge leaps and bounds in his play. This defense that I was calling championship defense a couple months ago, let Deshaun, I ain't even going to say that, let Deshaun Watson, let Deshaun happy ending Watson get his groove back. Deshaun Watson threw three touchdowns and nine passes, nine completions. Deshaun Watson had nine completions. Three of those was touchdowns. Carson Wentz had three interceptions. Let me repeat that again. Deshaun Watson had nine completions, three touchdowns. Carson Wentz had three interceptions. Now, I know the optics might have looked crazy if you would have bought in Deshaun Watson this offseason. But guess what? We saw who was the better quarterback on that field yesterday. And this guy's far from being where he was at. Like I've said last year. And I know Coach Rivera, Paddle Bo Ron, who's famous for his excuses. He's not going to tell you about him Sunday night, but he's definitely going to tell you about him Monday afternoon in the next pressure. I know he's going to blame the Benjamin St. Juice injury. I know he's going to blame the Cam Curl injury. I know he's going to blame everything else under the sun. I, I know that's what, he's, that's what he's going to go to. But at the end of the day, you went into this season without having a quarterback. You're leaving out of this season without having a quarterback. And with the level of mediocrity that we've been in for so long, this treadmill of mediocrity, where you don't want to give up picks, you could have had Justin Fields, you don't want to trade picks. There's no outlook on getting another quarterback this year unless it's some other retread, which I'm tired of. But they're content on doing I made a joke yesterday um, or two days ago in the group chat with Rio and Tan Todd and them. I said, oh, man, we over there salivating over C.J. Stroud. Ron and company probably having a hard-on over Stetson Bennett. Because it just seems like they're just complacent with this, with uh, a certain level of quarterback play from their antiquated 1980s point of view. Get these old dudes out of my organization, bro. Because if you can't, I'm going to repeat, if you can't get the most important position in sports down, I can't trust you with the rest of my roster. And I'm questioning a lot about Coach Rob Rivera and his coach-centric approach going into the 2023 season. So that'll do it for this episode of the Bleeding B&G Podcast, man. Um, We're going to have, what, our season finale episode? Um, preview with the Dallas Cowboys. I probably won't go to the game. Not to be just being honest with you guys. I'm checked out. I probably won't go to the game. I'm definitely going to be dropping some content though. Uh, because like I told you guys before, when we first started this podcast, the offseason is like the playoffs for the Washington Commanders. This is our best time of year. 
This is the only time that we have real, you know, irrational hope that we don't have to be proven wrong by, by Sunday. You know, we, we, we can have this irrational hope for a couple months until this team just ultimately lets us down come August and September again. So if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like, comment, subscribe. If you're checking this out on audio platforms like Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave a rating. Please leave a review. Let's finesse these algorithms so that whenever you're looking up anything Washington Commanders, Bleeding BNG is the number one thing that comes up on your content search. Um, we're trying to be your number one content hub for everything Washington Commanders because I'm going to give you more effort than this team. I've told y'all that, and I promise you that because right now this team is giving piss poor effort, and I don't know which direction they're going. But guess what? One thing's for sure, two things for certain. We're going to be back with some more Bleeding BNG. So keep tapped into the page. Be sure to follow our social media pages. Our Instagram is at Bleeding BNG, B L E E D I N G, B N G. Our Twitter is at Bleeding BNG, B L E E D I N B N G. So there's only one G in our Twitter handle. Like I said, be sure to tap into our social media pages. Subscribe to us on YouTube because we're going to keep this Bleeding BNG thing rolling, especially we got big things planned for 2023. I'm finally trying to hit 1K subscribers. Help me get there. Help me hit 1K subscribers in 2023. I'm trying to hit it before the summer, to be honest. Um, but thank you guys for your support. Um, keep t- keep tuned in to Bleeding BNG. More content coming. Because like I said, we the all-season champions, baby. And we're going to treat it like that over here on Bleeding BNG. I'll check in on you guys later. Peace.